This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too. So they're ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Jackson's there, Billy did. The goal, Chris Billy Huddersfield Town. The most famous goal of Chris Billy's life. Is this the moment for Lee Fowler? It is. Take your place in Division 2, Huddersfield Town. Oi, thank you. Rupian Steve Simonson's boots now. He's missed. Steve Simonson clears the frame of the goal and collapses in a heap of tears. Huddersfield Town are promoted. Stephen Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. And he takes that chance! Hello and welcome back to the Andy Takes That Chance podcast. The podcast that tastes defeat as bitterly as if it's a pint of Worthington's from Club Acapulco in Halifax back in 2005. Right, boys, guess how many games we've lost since we started this podcast back in 2018. <laughs> Go on. Go More on. than we've won. Go on, Cosy. That's 89. Eighty-nine. Any higher or lower? Let's go, Bruce Forsyth. Higher or lower, Jerry? Where are we going? I'm going to say exactly one hundred to say that's why you're bringing it up. Pause. Higher or lower? I'm going to say I'll go. Yeah, it's a good good point, that Jerry. I'll just go higher though, just for, so I'm above and because it's below. Right. The winner is pause because he gets to go last. That's how these things usually work, isn't it? Usually <laughs> I've just realised Jerry is from America and he's got no idea who Bruce Forsyth is. So he's, he's probably sat there just going, all right, guys, you do what you do. <laughs> um, the answer is 115. That's typically about 22 and a half defeats a season. So that's good wow. times have been had by all. But not such a good time for one of my guests this weekend. The new crypto king of Instagram, Richard Bitkos Kosmala, has found himself locked out of Instagram by a hacker. Cosy, you're not a happy bunny, are you? And if anyone can help you on this, um, or if anyone has any advice, uh, just tell them what's going on. Yeah, I don't think they are. <laughs> I don't think they have got some advice. So, yeah, uh, unbelievable, really. But, yeah, Instagram can't do anything. But, yeah, just uh, lost my Instagram account to an hacker. He's put two 
factor authentication on. So, yeah, you can get your password back, but as soon as you get that, you get, you know, you have to put that code to your phone, but that's their phone. But not only that, the guy, the guy rung me up yesterday about quarter past two, like demanding money to get it back and then emailing me and what's that. So, yeah, on your advice this morning, Matt, I went and spoke to the police, but police said about that the better. But, yeah, expect yeah, to call the, the police. Yeah, I spoke to some people at cricket today, and there's nothing you can do to get it back. It's just one of those things. It's someone else there at cricket, but I said exactly the same. So, yeah, watch out on Instagram. Uh, nightmare. So, yeah, expect another Cosmala Instagram account coming soon. Don't take any advice off Cosy on Instagram about buying Bitcoin. That is one thing we'll say about, or any other cryptocurrency or NFT. Avoid the NFT. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh, Right, so with the bear and I is a man who has the, who has been the hide-and-seek champion of Huddersfield this past week and no-showed at the Magic Rock car park for the Cowshed Loyal Q&A. A man under fire, it's Pozza. How are we doing, Poz? Yeah, good, mate. You? Not bad, thank you. Not bad. Very little good. response to uh, to that t- retort I've given you there. Uh, and with Americans <laughs> now finding Huddersfield Town as the new go-to place with Kevin Nagel, bringing the cool back to HTAFC. I loved his trainers and suit combo. Uh, we turn to the original stateside Huddersfield Town fan. There can be only one. It's Jerry the Brain Hinnon. <laughs> How are you doing, Jerry? Uh, yeah. I'm doing great, Matt. Uh, as always, delighted to come on, spend some time talking about Huddersfield Town as opposed to, you know, you know, at the grocery store, I'm like, hey, did you see the match this weekend? Huddersfield looked great. And they look at me like, well, you mentioned the brain, like maybe I have my brain oozing out of my ears or something like that. Uh, a Huddersfield town is not a thing that exists uh, over here. So again, being able to sit down and say, hey, uh, I thought Jack Rudoni looked really great on Saturday and have people understand what that means. Uh, always a delight. Well, we've obviously got Tom Brady, who's taken Birmingham. He's gone to Birmingham, hasn't he? We've had Michael B. Jordan uh, has gone to, you know, doing things with Bournemouth. You've got the stars are actually starting to jump in with Huddersfield. And we had a star at Huddersfield at the weekend. I was, it was actually one of those things. I think it was, I don't know. Do you remember, Jerry, back when about in the 90s, there was a TV show called Sister, Sister and Tia and Tamara, the two twins. Yes. Tamara was there at the ground yesterday. So, so Kevin. Really? Yeah, I actually quite enjoyed that because it was a real sort of throwback to uh, my childhood. That was fun. that was fun. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, I was not a sister sister watcher, but uh, my wife I think was. So uh, she will be thrilled to find out that we now have. You know, my wife and I don't have enough connection really. So now that we both have this Huddersfield Town connection, where I root for the same team, where Tamara from Sister Sister visited over the weekend, that will really. That's going to forge a new level for our relationship there. Who would have thought Tamara Housley, Tamara Housley, I think she's called, is the glue in Jerry Hinnon's relationship. That's fantastic. Um, right, okay, so let's te- let's go to our sponsor. So this episode, as always, is sponsored by the fantastic Magic Rock Brewing. Hopefully you were there on Saturday. Uh, pre-match drinks and then after-match commiseration, drinky-poo. So um, at Magic Rock, do sponsor this podcast, which we're very grateful for. And if you do want to buy some Magic Rock items online, you can use our code of AHTTC10 and you will get 10% off all online orders. Okay. Right, I think we shall get into the game. I'm just bringing that for anybody who watches on YouTube. I'm just bringing the ticket across the bottom. Um, Right, let's get into it. Huddersfield Town, nil, Leicester City, one. Um, I am mates with Stephen Chicken and we were messaging each other at halftime and we were both like, 
this is a great game, is this? This is really enjoyable to watch. And, you know, I, I really enjoyed the game. I know we lost. Ultimately, I've seen um, one high-ish profile Huddersfield Town fan had a go at everybody saying it's a results-driven business, which, all right, you take that on one hand. But I actually went to a Huddersfield Town game and enjoyed it, which is something I didn't really do much last season, uh, for especially in the early part. But it was good to see Matty Pearson back fit. Um, when he went off against Plymouth, there was a slight worry that he, he was limping and a lot of people were like, is that his knee? Has his knee gone again? No, just a dead leg and he was back, which was great to see. And he looked like he'd never never been injured. Fantastic. Um, town in a slightly different shape the first half. It was like a 4-1-4-1 with Jonathan Hogg just dropping off uh, Diarra and Rodoni. Rodoni dropping back to make it a two in the second half. Uh, but Town were very front-footed, weren't they? And very, you know, excellent, you know, really snapping in and getting in the face of Leicester City. Okay, Leicester have immense quality and got round the back a couple of times. But I actually thought Town played really well. And both sides really could have gone in at half-time, you know, a goal or two up. When you're Huddersfield Town, pause, and you're playing who many believe to be the best side in the league, you have to take those chances, don't you, when they come. And Town will probably be kicking themselves a little bit over maybe particularly that Helic chance, which did jump up a little bit at him, didn't it? Uh, and maybe the Diara one, but, you know, Diara was pretty much, was was crowded out by the looks of it on the replay. But, you know, those are the things. If you're going to beat Leicester City or get something, you, you need to really take one of those, don't you? Yeah, I think there were the... Uh... I think it was Coroma as well, first half, had a decent strike. Um, pretty much straight at keeper, but it with plenty of power. And he had to deal with it. But, yeah, I think you're right, Matt. Uh, I, I don't know if you were referencing, referencing me there with the uh, the old results-driven business. I think I put something no, it was, on, uh, on Twitter. No, it was uh, somebody um, who worked on Coronation Street who uh, saw his Oh, tweet. God. He's a little yeah, bit more ferocious than you. Yeah, he's a little, yeah, yeah, a little bit more aggressive, isn't he? Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I must admit, I, I, I did say this morning that it is a results-driven business. And, end of the day is but I, I have to agree with you certainly first half I, I enjoyed it um, it, it was very it was a bit of a strange atmosphere um, down there it was, it was very reminiscent of our time at Premier League um, where everybody seemed to kind of be up for it I think we we are good fans when there's backs are against the wall uh, rather than you know when we're when we're winning down at town when we're, when we're up against it we, we do tend to stick with the team and it were it were a good atmosphere and the um the energy on the field certainly transferred in, into the stands, certainly first half. Um, yeah, I think we were, you know, if Helic puts that away, it, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a different game and it, it, it was right in front of me and it did just, one of them awkward ones where if it had been half a step in front, it would probably miskicked it and it had gone in. Whereas it, it just bounced up and he almost connected with it too well. Um, and obviously it went sort of flying over stand. But yeah, we were, we were, we were good for, you know, 45 minutes and even second half, I thought, we came out and, and went for it. Obviously, as we got tired, I think Leicester grew into it. Um, obviously, got the tearing goal. Up tearing up my agenda again. This, this. Oh, sorry, mate. Yeah, but I think yeah. Um, I think Lee Nichols probably could have done a little bit better with the goal, but we stuck at it. And, and it weren't and, and weren't until we really tired towards sort of 60, 70 minutes that Leicester kind of got on top and probably could have gotten a couple. But no, overall, mate, I think I think I, I kind of agree with you. I did. I did enjoy it. I don't like to lose, but if I can come away and think, well, at least I've enjoyed it, that, that's obviously a lot better. Um, and I'll stop there just in case I go on and ruin any more of your agenda. Kevin Nagel's Q&A that we've got coming up later. Anything else? No, no, I'll hang on with that man, until <laughs> no. we get to that bit. Um, um, Jerry, um, great to see you back, mate. Um, it's always fun to have you on. When you're sat watching Huddersfield Town over there in Alabama, um, yeah. does Brahima Diara get you off your feet, get you off that chair you know and sort of really sort of excite you because he does me um and yeah. he does the other 
No, he, he did that last season, too. You know, he felt like such a breath air in the middle of that season where absolutely nothing was happening. And, like, following him would bring him off the bench. And for, like, the last half hour, he would actually get on the ball, run at people, actually play like he wanted to win the football match as opposed to most of town's other players last season. Um, I, I loved him then. I love him now. I think both he and Karoma, uh, you know, if you play FIFA the video game, you've got the sliders. They've got their, like, dribble sliders really far up and their pass sliders you know, a little bit further down. I think we need to tweak those a little bit. Just take the dribble slider down just one little notch, you know, take the sort of awareness passing slider and not turn that up just a little bit because you, you don't want to take the confidence that we see from Diara and Karoma right now and take that away because it makes them lesser players. Like Karoma, you know, again, this has been the case whenever he's played for town generates shots like at a higher level than basically anybody else in the team. Like, you know what he's going to do, and he's extremely good at it. Karoma is better at cutting in from the left onto his right and unleashing a shot than basically almost anybody else in the team is at doing any one particular thing, right? And we saw it again in this game. Pause, you mentioned it, where, uh, you know, he had the shot on frame uh, that uh, the keeper, Stalowicz, uh, Stanowicz, uh, you know, managed to palm over. But that was a great strike. Uh, both DR and Karoma, I love the confidence and the bravado that they've come out, that they want to push town forward, that they want to score goals, that they don't want to just sit back and that they have the mentality, you know, I don't care that you're playing for Leicester City. Uh, I, I can take you. I can take you off the dribble and get my shot in. Um, and I think that confidence is really important for this team. I think that starts with Neil Warnock. He's always had uh, that kind of confidence. It doesn't matter who you are. We can beat you. We can take you. Um, and it was great to see on Saturday. I totally agree, Matt. Uh, you know, Diara, um, is, he's a thrilling player to watch. Like, again, there's a couple of times where it's like, well, let's just take one little micro breath, maybe see if there's a pass on, uh, you know, rather than try to beat not just the first guy, but the second guy and the third guy as well that I think we can work on. But, you know, it's the beginning of the season, He's a young player. We've got time to work that out. Uh, I, I was really happy with his performance on Saturday. I thought he was really good, uh, you know, certainly to start the game against Plymouth. He had the shot off the post that created the goal in that game. Uh, yeah, I, I, Diara's great, man. More Diara. I also thought so, but Thomas had a really good first half, Cozzy, as well. We'll bring the bear back into uh, bring the bear into the pod. Um you know, Sauber Thomas, for me, worked really hard. I thought he um, had a good game as well. A couple of good balls into the box. Uh, but Town, you know, give us your take on the game as well. Because like Paul says, Town did start to flag a little bit around the 60-65 minute mark, didn't they? And that's where Leicester probably gained a bit more of an upper hand. Um, but, you know, you've got to be, if you're a top goalkeeper like Lee Nichols, you're going to be disappointed, aren't you, when it goes through your legs like that, no matter how hard he hits it. I think he'll probably be a little bit, Disappointed, and and your pet peeve as well. Fullbacks not blocking shots, crosses also uh, in the same move as well. Yeah, we've got him on it. Just like all, all the other games, the two games before it, mistake costing us uh, dear. To be honest, I didn't see them. You know, it wasn't one of those games for me where I thought, you know, Leicester going to get one here. Or that, I don't think the evidence was was happening. But the only thing I have to say is, and I don't know what I said, no one can have a go. But again, mate, I mean, not it's different, but they've got like Ndidi and, and Vardy coming on who could change again. But again, we. We bring in Pat Jones on again after we're behind and we're bombing. Hey. We're, 
I love Pat Jones. I absolutely, I think he's superb. Yeah, I, 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 I love him. But yeah, just again, we had our subs on coming in again, didn't we? When we're the goal behind and that as well. But I think, I think, and then we 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 were bombing a lot of players forward, obviously chasing the game. But yeah, really good. Uh, he, he, honestly, I didn't see them getting a, a goal. To be honest with you, on that as well. But just a bit of magic or or a mistake. But Lee Nichols had a great game as well. Uh, I've seen a few uh, couple of papers. Two, two good saves, yeah. Two good saves. Yeah. The save first half and the save just after from uh, you know from, yeah. from when they, they where it cut in didn't they on his left foot? Yeah, it's a shame really that that happened, isn't it? Yeah, that Mavi did. He looks a player, doesn't he? But yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's good. And uh, yeah, we're gutting really, and that as well. Just that all three games, I think we played really well. But obviously, Headley with the sending off, you know, Alec and, and, and others last week with mistakes, and then again one there just killed us again against a good side. But it's interesting, isn't it? Because obviously, you could take two views, can't you? That you know how well we're playing and results will come. But I bumped into a guy in Morrison's today. Obviously, this is where they're great. Football chat emanates Morrison Zetmanwijk, and he said to me, "Yeah, but wait till we start playing crap." You know what about that? So yeah. <laughs> I said that on WhatsApp as well, didn't I? I said it's, <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, disappointing to uh, to lose. You, you'd rather have Barry smack one in when you're 25 yard or something than that. But yeah, yeah. it is what it is. He's lost he's lost a yard or two of paces, Jamie Vardy. Even you know what? Jonathan Hoggy Hog, kept up with him once or twice yeah. on one of the balls over the top, and either either Hoggy's Hoggy's been uh, not in it. Yeah, he's a full-blooded character, and he's not going to pull out of that. Yeah. But. Yeah. So uh, one one player who certainly wasn't crap for me was Jack Redoni. I thought he was outstanding. I was, I, I say this all the time, but I was a little bit hard maybe on him at points last season because I could see that there's such a good player there that was either overplaying or perhaps having one or two confidence issues at one point. Uh, but since Neil Warnock's came, he has been phenomenally good, and I thought he was outstanding. Uh, on Saturday, really outstanding. His his intelligence to drop in, uh, drop into the back line at times for a number ten. You know, naturally a number ten or a wide player was was outstanding. He's, you know, he, he really read the game really well, and uh, his passing as well was was better than you know what we saw last season. It was intelligent, it was bright, it was quicker, uh, and you know, I was so so pleased with what I saw from him because he's a likable guy as well. He seems a really sort of nice, likable lad, doesn't he? And um, Cosy, are you on the Radoni pony like me? Yeah, you know, isn't it weird? You hear a lot of shit chat in uh, football media and stuff, but I kept hearing, once Rudoni gets a goal, once Rudoni gets a goal, when he gets a goal, he got that goal at Watford, you were airport, and he's not looked back since. It's just incredible, isn't it? And, and all of a sudden, I'm thinking, shut that bloody window, because, uh, yeah, we don't want to lose him, but, yeah, it's fantastic. And the one thing that Neil Warnock seems to have done, and, and what I really like about it is that he doesn't, He's, he's, he doesn't feel a gamble that a manager that is to gamble, but he he, he creates a culture that take people on, have a go. You can hear it in his press conferences and that as well, which obviously comes onto the field and that as well. So when Rondoni gets the ball, he's you know he's taking man going forward. You mentioned obviously Diara there, Jerry. You know, kind of his attitude as well, and uh, it's strange because his kind of substitutes just feel kind of yeah, yeah, we'll go for it after we go behind. But the players on the pitch, it doesn't seem like to me you'll get told off if you have a go and. Make a mistake under Neil Warnock, and and you would think before, like coming before he came back to us, Neil Warnock, you think, oh God, you know, he'd be just like set solid, settling back, not you know settling for what we've got. So you don't you don't see that, I don't think, as well. So he's created that culture, you know, to to get forward, and yeah, Redoni, it's uh, it's very pleasing to see, mate, and that as well. And he's looking as well, as good as anything in division, maybe a bit of an outlandish thing to say, but if he keeps progressing like this, mate, I think January window we could be. Uh, Bending up a few offers. 
Good player in the making. Anyone else can jump in when you want on any of these. And it's talking about It's not just going forward. In the game on Saturday, he had multiple interventions in the box as well, tracking back, which, like, he's been, you know, really a box to box midfielder under Warnock, where, you know, he, he really pops up at either end with really timely interventions. And, you know, I that's one of the most encouraging things from Saturday because if there was a disappointment sort of on an individual level from the Plymouth, uh, performance aside from the errors that led to the goals, it was that Rudoni didn't feel like he had much of an impact in that match, um, you know, or at least not as much as Town are going to need him to make uh, for the rest of the season. He, you know, we just kind of bypassed the midfield. I think you guys talked about it in the review, uh, you know, the Plymouth match. We just didn't really have much control of the midfield. We tended to just go over the top of it, you know, with Edwards playing these long balls. And, you know, we generated a lot of chances out of it. I don't think you know, that was necessarily a bad thing. But Rudoni didn't really have a big impact on that match. I was really curious to see whether that was going to be a long-term thing. It absolutely was not. I thought he was great, uh, you know, again, on both ends of the pitch against Leicester. And that was really, really great to see. Yeah, unbelievably good. Um, and, you know, it's really good to see these two young players progressing in Diara and um Jack Redonian, you know, we, we say this every week, but, you know, we really need to get a decent contract under Brahim Diara's nose and make him sign it. You know, let's not make the same mistakes. Well, mistakes, but let's not be played like we were with uh, Etienne Kamara's agent because Brahim Diara seems a really smashing young lad, don't he? And he's growing at Huddersfield and let's let's keep that journey, which is great. Um, one player as well, um, boys, who was growing a lot last season and he's a player I like a lot. Uh, he has... Um, Great energy. He has fantastic, um, really good strength. Uh, gets up and down the, the left-hand side really well is Jaheim Headley. And obviously he made a mistake on uh, against Middlesbrough. It wasn't a massive mistake. There's the slightest of touches and the striker goes down, you know, like really pathetically. Um, but this day and age, people give you a red card, don't you? Um, Jaheim Headley is someone who contributed massively to Huddersfield Town, staying in this division last year with a string of really good performances. Seems a really nice, decent young man. Uh, so to see him be abused on social media was a real kick in the teeth to uh, people like me, not not just to Jaheim, but to decent or people who think they're decent like me, um, Huddersfield Town fans who, you know, would never dream of abusing a player online, no matter what it was over. And I just, I was so disappointed that a good young player like that was at the brunt of something uh, racist and vulgar. Uh, and I'm really pleased that the club have taken a, a no, uh, they've taken no shit on it, basically. And, you know, I just want to say to, G I know Jaheim Headley won't listen to this podcast. And he shouldn't listen to this podcast. Um, but, you know, I think everybody at this podcast 100% supports Jaheim Headley and the actions taken by the club uh, because um, this is a game for everybody and everybody uh, is equal when they walk out onto that pitch. And the only people that aren't equal are the wankers that abuse players. And that's all I've got to say. But I can throw that out to you guys as well if you guys want to talk about it. No, I just, just echo your comments. I think general rule of thumb, just trying to buy, or that I always try to buy by is don't say anything on social media to someone that you, that you wouldn't say to the face. And obviously, yeah. whoever said whatever they said, I didn't, I didn't see it. So I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what it said. Don't so it doesn't need repeating anyway if people did. Uh, but you know, if you're not prepared to go up to someone and say that to the face, don't say it on social media. We all have his opinions, we all have his views. Put them across in a 
respectful and you know articulated way absolutely fine no problem with that but to be abusive and you know to use racist language is is disgraceful in this day and age and, and hopefully they find out whoever it were and uh, you know they get the they get the punishment that they deserve in any age i think uh, i think i agree fully but yeah any age um Jerry, you're nodding, but cause if you, you know, I think we've said all we need to say, haven't we? But if you guys want to chip in with anything, please feel free to do so. Um, on that, no, I think we've said all we need to say, haven't we? Um, right, so let's let's go to social media and let's get the view of Huddersfield Town fans on um, the game itself. So what we're trying to do this year is we're trying to bring more voices to the podcast. We're changing the guest every week. This week we've got Jerry on. And that doesn't mean we won't have Jerry on again this season because we will because Jerry is awesome. Um, but what we do is we throw out on to social media. Um, we want your thoughts on the game immediately after kickoff when the emotion is raw. Um, so we've done a, a nice little stat. Anybody who's eagle-eyed will see that I balls out first time and deleted it and reposted it with the correct one. So uh, well done to Daniel Stevenato who did notice that and I ignored him. <laughs> there. Um, but yeah, well done. Um, it probably would have sat there all day and night as well if he hadn't mentioned that, so fair play. Um, so Huddersfield Town nil, Leicester 1. So I've asked for uh, these comments, and Steve G says, possession stats are meaningless, especially Leicester's, as their possession was pity-patty and very risky passing of the football in their own half. An 18-yard box. Warnock possession is at least exciting with the ball going into dangerous areas. Give me Warnock ball any day. And... Do you know, as I replied to him, I said, do you know, what? when we had, I think it was when we had Mark Robbins as manager and we were getting like 65, 70% possession and still losing. And when you, when you finally work out that possession stats are all based on passes and mostly that a lot of football teams actually inflate their possession stats just by little tapping passes between each other in defense, you realize how pointless it really is as a metric to use uh, to see if somebody dominated a game. Leicester just passed the ball around a lot more than us in, in areas where they couldn't hurt us. So for me, territories. Is king, yeah. It's, it's a bit deceptive as well, Matt. That in it because, like, you're watching the game. I've just like looked at the stats today. It's like 32 percent possession we have, but it just didn't yeah. feel like that. I don't, I don't know why it is. Is it is it because we're giddy because we're still in the game against Leicester? Because if they're four down, where we're bowing to Enzo Maresca and his uh, you know, and his sexy football and that as well. It's like it's really weird, isn't it? It's under Warnock, apart from that Blackburn game where we got pelters and that, even that, I'd say, you know, at times we were like. You know, it was a bit of a strange game that one, but yeah, it's uh, it is a strange start that as well. But it's yeah, yeah, doesn't I don't, yeah, doesn't. But it, yesterday it just didn't feel like we were getting overwhelmed, did it really? And that as well, and uh, yeah. No. But like Paul said, I think a lot's to depend. Warnock's good at managing expectations coming into the game. His press conference is always interesting. So you know, it was the usual. You know, look at their bench; they can't expect a lot. So the fans are buying into that and going to that ground, like you said, Paul's just like low expectations. So I think. Uh, we're doing that against Birmingham. I don't know whenever we play them. It's like it's a bit different, but yeah, no interesting stuff. And that man marking thing, Matt's caused a bit of a stir, isn't it? We yeah, it's that, that video that game Halligay pointed out earlier on. So, but yeah, yeah, retweeted from uh, somebody who's quite decent, isn't he, with with tactical analysis? Um, but yeah, Kim Balaguer, there was a little video, wasn't there, about how Leicester broke through, and they they did on a couple of occasions, and that's that's fine, but. Um, when you're knocking around keeper, defender, keeper, defender, like we used to do under Lee Clark where Joe Scars and Andy Butler just used to do Chuckle Brothers sort of to me, to you, that that stuff just doesn't really mean anything. But let's carry on with the, with the comments. At New Mill Paul says, a different type of loss. We pressed and competed well with promotion prospects, but we dropped too deep in the second half and relied on Radoni as almost a sweeper. Ward needed subbing on 60 minutes, but we waited until the goal to change it. We're hampered by strength in depth. I thought Wardy got 
uh, overly criticised uh, after the game. I didn't think he had a, a great game. There were a couple of arguments with Neil Warnock, who, you know, down in front of us, which I think was based on Wardy not being able to uh, to run around as much after the 60-minute mark. He was goosed. Um, he just looked like maybe he was carrying something, Danny Ward. And when, you, you know, and he's got history. <laughs> and I don't mean a knife, Jerry. You're looking at me all confused. There. I mean like an, <laughs> like an injury. Um, but it just wouldn't surprise me if uh, Danny Ward just had was just carrying a little tweak somewhere whereby he perhaps wasn't quite as at hundred percent. But we've we've seen yeah. a good performance before. I, I think it's a fair criticism to say that Warnock should have turned to his bench a little bit earlier, particularly with what we've seen from Pat Jones and Kean Harrod this season specifically. Uh, Harrod had the goal obviously against Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. I think he's looked really. Lively when he's come on so far this season. He did it again against Leicester. Pat Jones has looked phenomenal uh, when he's come on. You know, the number of chances he's created in his very limited time uh, on the field has been great. I I, I think it's time for those two players in particular, uh, you know, to get a little bit more time on the field. Uh, I I think the hour mark, you know, maybe even a little bit before that, uh, I, I think would be fair reward for the way they've started this season. And, you know, we talked about, uh, town sort of, you know, maybe losing the plot a little bit down the stretch of that game. Lester brought on Jamie Vardy, Wilfred Ndidi, Mark Albrighton, and I forget his first name, Cowdery. These are all Premier League good players. Like, these are not guys who have just played in the Premier League and sort of been on the back end of the bench for some sort of relegation fodder. Like, these guys are guys who have played at the very highest level, who won the FA Cup with Lester. Like, I, I, I had to look it up because I here's my hot take, okay, from this game. I think that Leicester squad is at least on paper the strongest squad I've seen Huddersfield Town face in the championship. Um, you know, there's just so much talent, uh, you know, not just in the starting 11, but on the bench. Uh, I looked it up. Eight of the players that were in their 18 or whatever it is yesterday were in their 18 when they won the FA Cup, uh, you know, a couple years back. And that didn't even include... Uh, Matavidi, who was, I thought, their best player. Dewsbury Hall, who was excellent yesterday, I thought. That team, to me, is just on another level from what we would typically see in this division. Now, that's, you know, they may not always play like it. I don't think they're like a guaranteed lock for auto promotion or the championship or anything. Uh, but that was an incredibly deep, talented squad. Uh, for this division. And, and I do think that has to be taken into account, particularly when we talk about the last 20 to 25 minutes of the game where, you know, they're bringing on <laughs> Wilfred Ndidi off the bench, Jamie Vardy off the bench. Uh, you know, I, I do think you have to kind of take that into account. That's Walt Vase. I want his air. Mate. I know. Where have I gone wrong to have that? That Walt Vase was unbelievable. Their best player at the back. Huh. Best player on the pitch, I thought. The way he brought the ball out. Perning man, he looked Rolls Royce, and Ward were getting no change out of him. So to me, that obviously I know better than Neil Warnock, you know, eight promotions and what have you that is, and I've got zero. But to me, I, he were getting no change out of him, Matt. So why, why, why not be a bit braver there? You know what I mean? And uh, I think that the crowd up was straight, not really at Ward. It's just that they weren't the change. And I get we haven't got the, obviously the depth of the bench. Jerry just reeled off there, but just something a little bit different because there was no evidence to me that that was ever going to change because that will help me. We've just got his cigar out with his big perm and going all afternoon. Yeah, you want maybe that's where you can bring on Jurassic Kyle, can't you? And uh, just, you know, throw the ball up to him maybe. Uh, let's finish these comments. So Craig Watson 
uh, sent me uh, the top stats, uh, re- reposted the top stats, and it shows the big chances in the game, Huddersfield 2, Leicester 1. So I guess that is uh, disappointing from that angle. Um, Leicester's accurate passing was 85% and ours was 64%. I guess that's why we have lower pass stats as well, because we tend to go a bit longer as well. Uh, Don Campbell says, definitely thought we should have had a point today. Not clinical enough in the final third. Thought Rodoni and Hogg played well today. Nichols will be disappointed with the goal on to Borough. Danny Smith says, we competed and played very well against the champions elect. A game plan was in place and the players were fired up. We have to get Diara a new deal before he leaves in the same fashion Kamara did. Sooner we get a striker and central midfielder, the better. Uh, and the last three, Dean Smith says, what has happened to Ruffles? Looked a totally different player to this time last year. And at times today turned into prime Ashley Cole. Our left back was always our weak part last season, but this uh, looks strong with the same players. Bizarre. Um, I actually thought Ruffles had a good game as well on Saturday. There was one point where he played, uh, when Nichols made that one-on-one save, where he, re- he he got caught deep and played them on side. And I was about to shout at him if they scored. But after that, he played really well. So it's a good spot, that from Dean. Uh, Rowan Edwards says, we were worth a point today, possibly all three on a good day. Defeat to Leicester won't define our season, but that disciplined battling display just might. A couple of signings before the window shuts will give the squad a boost. And then Tom says, I thought we deserved a point today. Battling performance, Redoni improves every week and Diara cause real issues. If we play like that every week, we'll be fine. And Sarah tries to use us as an advertisement for uh, a young vlogger on YouTube. Let's let's give him a Harry Kilner. He's a good lad. Yeah, go watch his vlogs. Uh, right, okay. So let's uh, close that and we'll move on to the next. So um, what we've done is we've also asked, uh, I think Neil Warnock gave quite a succinct um, version, didn't he, of uh, his uh, feelings on the game, which were? Well, if any fans are disappointed with that, they need locking up. Classic Neil Warnock. Um, and what we'll do is we'll move on to the opposition view as well. This week comes this week's view comes from Brad from Leicester Till I Die TV. Hello, this is Brad, a Leicester fan from LTID TV. Uh, it was a tough game. You guys really, really should be impressed with your performance. I think on another day, you actually get a result, maybe even three points from the game, if I'm being honest. Um it was a tough game. It was obviously nice being the away supporter that we, we was able to get the three points. Um, but you had some chances. And like I said, on, on another day, I, I really feel that Huddersfield would have taken one of them chances. It would it, have been tough for us to find a way back. I thought you were defensively resolute. And the way Enzo has us trying to play football, uh, you made it very difficult because... Um, you were very compact, numbers back, and and you weren't afraid to attack us, which is, which is probably the blueprint to lay out for for any side that we come up against this season. If you're going to take us on the way, uh, Enzo's got us playing football, or, or at least wants us to play football. Um, feel a bit sorry for your goalkeeper. I'm a former keeper myself, so getting nutmegged for a goal is never pleasant. Uh, it's not nice to concede a goal at any level, but when it's a when it's like that. Uh, especially the save he made in stoppage time, he cursed himself, saying, "I could save that, but not, but not the nutmeg." Um, but obviously, as a, as a, as a Leicester fan, I'm delighted that we've made it two wins out of two. Um, but from what I've seen, I know you had a poor start. Uh, so obviously, three defeats in a row. But um, I wouldn't take too much downhearted in that. I mean. You look at it from a neutral's point of view, we're the favourites to 
not just get promoted, but probably win the division. And you, you probably give us just as tough as test, if not, I'd probably say even more of a tougher test than Coventry did uh, in that game. So, yeah, grateful to beat you. Very tough game. Very happy to come away and get away with uh, a point. Um, good luck with your battle um, in, in the championship. Hopefully, if we can go up automatically, see you in the playoffs. And this time, you win it. Good luck for the rest you of the season. It. Good luck see for the rest of the season. See ya. Wasn't that nice from... Ooh, getting back on. I know. Uh, if he's going to say such nice things about us, we'll get him on. He's, more, he's <laughs> most positive as a field town fan I've ever heard. <laughs> well, that's because he's a Leicester fan. He's probably happy. But yeah, what we'll yeah. do, yeah. So what we'll do at this stage, we will take a moment for an ad break. I know you guys hate them, but you know they uh, they help us out. So here's the latest one. Cosy, what what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Not sure, Cosy, whether that's still going to be the McDonald's adverts that we uh, that we recorded a bit since. Um, I don't know if they've changed it up yet, but I think there's some new ones coming in. But I still can't believe they rejected our initial McDonald's um McDonald's adverts that we put together. We put together some dis- bespoke ones, Jerry, because they gave us a script oh. to read out. And uh, it's I, McDonald's. I did one. You need an American to read them. Come on. Oh, oh I should have <laughs> thought of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, why? Well, um, we did a bespoke one based on uh, Stephen Chicken and Chicken Nuggets, and they just didn't like it and sent it back. So it was quite difficult. <laughs> that uh, that is a crying shame. A crying shame. I know. I even added the sound effects in as well with me apparently reading the examiner talking about chicken and then Brady coming in with chicken nuggets. But, you know, never mind. It's their loss. Um, anyway, uh, so uh, this week, um, Pozza obviously shirked from his uh, bare knuckle, brass knuckle. Was it bare knuckle or brass knuckle? I can't remember. But the scrap bare knuckle, mate. Bare knuckle. You absolutely shit out when Kevin Nagel... <laughs> so, uh, he... He's been over here, hasn't he, the last week? And I'll be honest, every time he speaks, the more I'll, I quite like him. I, he um, he says a lot of good things, uh, um, a lot of things that make sense. I think initially they didn't feel like there was much of a plan, but I think when you put everything together, you understand why that was because they kind of it was very much like, a, hey, do you want to buy this club? Okay, we'll buy the club. Well, here it is, you know, kind of things like, oh shit, what do we do now? And it was, you know, that's that's the way it comes across in the in the documentary, but. Now they're starting to put things into place, and you kind of understand. And the fan zone, for for example, looked much better than it has done before. Cosy, you'll remember that time. Was it against Leeds, maybe, where we it was referred to by online by quite a lot of people as Chernobyl because there were like big 
holes in the ground with big puddles everywhere and it was raining and a bouncy castle with a child on it looking miserable in the picture. And it, you know, it, it didn't look great, did it? But it did on Saturday. They had a really good band. Floors are decent. Uh, local Huddersfield band, uh, fans of the club, which was nice. And um, everything looked quite quite good when I walked past it. Unfortunately, I didn't get there in enough time to sample it, but I might do if uh, if it's going to look pretty good. And, you know, you get a player outside, don't you pause? Uh, you know, we saw Luke Daly, didn't we, when we went for the Hero and Vim Friendly. And, you know, mm. things like that are quite good. And, you know, Jack and Charlie get to meet uh, players, don't they? And people that they can aspire to play like. Um but anyway, on to the Q&A. So Kevin Nagel's Q&A. So we've, we've pulled out a couple of questions and we, we'll just have a chat about it. I think they're worth going over. Um, shout out to the Cowshed Loyal. Uh, formed in 2008, pause, weren't they? Not 2014. Um, yeah, mate, I'll let you argue with that one out with Mr. Greaves. No, it's all about <laughs> Greaves, Greaves and the ego. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so the first question that I've put out is... Um, he mentions that there are negotiations going on with Netflix about the story of our takeover and the special nature of this football club. It is a story that needs to be told, and we want this club punching above its weight nationally and internationally. Um, I mean, two episodes have gone out for free already on YouTube, so I'm not sure where the starting point is with that, but it'd be interesting, wouldn't it, if you get an all-or-nothing Huddersfield Town documentary. I, I, I thought last year, Neil Warnock's final season, it probably won't be Neil Warnock's final season, but you know, his final chart and his final path has got, you know, gold written all over it, doesn't it? Um, especially last season would have been phenomenal if they'd have, you know, had the cameras in for uh, that. But Huddersfield Town on Netflix, Cosy? You know what? Now, this is going to be controversial, but I'm not asked one bit. It's a saturated market. You've got that Burnley thing going out at the moment. Who cares? Who's asked? Well, people abroad who they're trying to sell stuff is to. It really gonna, is, it, is it really going to? Like, this is everyone's doing it, Matt. Is everyone's going to. Right, I'll invest. You know, I could be totally wrong on the year, but it's just when I first heard that, it's like, whoa, I don't know. Trying to, sell, trying to sell shirts to people in Jerry's supermarket is what we're trying to do. Not in the moment. I just, nah, we're gonna. I, oh, what it, what it, I bumped into one on YouTube as well. I think Yeovil Town have done one as well. I, bumped, I don't know why YouTube it connects all your stuff. Yeah, it connects all your stuff that you watch. So I watched stars and then Yeovil Town put up, but. No, but obviously if it gets investment in, then great. But I mean, well, it's about commercialism and selling commercials, isn't it? And potentially selling sponsorship. And Wrexham have done it phenomenally well for a club that were in non-league. I know it helps having Deadpool as your owner, doesn't it? Um, but you know they've done phenomenally well with what they've done. Um, there are quite a lot of clubs above us doing it, but it, you know it is a slightly different story, I guess. Um, I'd, I'd I'd be quite interested. I've quite enjoyed the documentary. Jerry, as a, a fan overseas, um, mm. is this? Anything that you want to see because obviously we sit well i live in leeds Pozza lives you know bradford and cosy lives in roundabout heckman dwight carey so you know i don't want to give out your direct addresses lads don't worry but you know for us we're very local to the club so we're quite in touch with things you know on, on match day but for someone who's at, you know at more out of touch because you live you know thousands yeah. of miles away how do how would you sort of like look at something like that and do you think kit's got um, a hook for you know your fellow Americans to uh, to get involved. I haven't seen one yet. I'll be honest with you, Matt. Uh, that's that's what we're looking for, right? Is the hook? Like you can't just put a series on Netflix, you know, even on YouTube, and just say, "Oh, well, let's take a look behind the scenes of Huddersfield Town," and expect you know your average American sports fan to be interested. Like you have to give them a reason to tune in. And the reason that Wrexham 
uh, has succeeded beyond what I think anybody expected. First of all, yes, they've got the Hollywood owners who come in, but also with Wrexham, they're non-league, used to be league, now non-league. They're on hard times. So now the new owners, which you're already, you have this pre-built-in narrative, right, where they come in and they're going to like fix things and move things in the right direction, which they've done by spending oodles of money. Like this is part of what doesn't get mentioned in the Wrexham story is that a huge part of their success, and don't get me wrong, like the players have done really well, they've been well managed, but they've poured in by non-league standards massive amounts of money. There's a reason they just signed Will Boyle, right? Like Will Boyle was a championship player and, you know, not a starter on a regular basis, but at least a contributor for him to go all the way, you know, two divisions down is because Wrexham have the money to pay that guy. And the other teams were getting promoted from non-league football. The other teams were in league one and league two don't have the kind of money to sign Will Boyle. Um, so you've got a the hook. Here. Is that is that Jerry? Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Wrexham have the money. Yeah, go figure. So you know it, it, the reason Wrexham have succeeded. One, they've got that hook. B, they're spending the money to make the narrative that they want play out. Uh, and you know, full credit to them. It has worked an absolute treat. But let's tune in to see Huddersfield Town try desperately to finish 14th rather than 20th this season <laughs> under their new American owner, I don't think that is going to sell. I think we need some sort of real combination on-field, off-field hook. I think let's encapsulate the career of legendary manager Neil Warnock in his final season. That sort of thing, I think, has legs. Does it have enough legs to make a Wrexham-like splash? That I'm pretty skeptical about. The let's try to tell the story of an American businessman taking over this, you know, club that to any normal American. Yeah. OK, we can sell the history. We can sell, uh, you know, some of Huddersfield's past, that sort of thing. To me, that's not going to make a big enough splash to make this necessarily worth their while. Now, personally, if they want to make a Netflix series about Huddersfield Town, yes, I'm there. Me. That sounds great. I want to see, you know, behind the scenes footage and this professionally done documentary style footage of like Huddersfield matches and behind the scenes stuff with, you know, the locker room guys, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give it. Give me. I want it. I don't know if anybody else wants it is the issue. And that's very well put. I don't think anyone can top that. Um, pause, get it clipped. Um, yeah, let's move on because I don't think anyone can top that. Well done, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> so the next one was uh, he, Rambo says, have you met with Neil Warnock yet? Are there any signings that you could update us with? Um, obviously people are, are frantic online. Well, I won't say frantic. I think they've calmed slightly, but previously were a little bit frantic prior to the start of the season about needing signings. We do. There's no, you know, there's no two ways about it. Uh, but he said after the Plymouth result, people want to hit the panic button. That isn't what I'm about. We're going to do some signings. They're just about done. And Neil Warnock's mentioned about being let down by an old club. Um, linked players uh, have been uh, Billy Sharp at Sheffield United, Daniel Jebison, Sheffield United, and Josh Coburn at Sheffield uh, Middlesbrough. Is it one of these? Who's to say? I wouldn't say even if it was, if I knew. Um, but yeah, so, uh, but I would. This podcast will hit very late Sunday night, so the Americans hear it first. But Monday morning, I wouldn't think that you would have to wait too much longer uh, before you can get a little bit excited about a signing. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. On that one, 
Um, again, we've we've done it to death. What we think we need, me, Poz, and um, Cosy, <laughs> Jerry. I suppose you're you're of the similar mind, aren't you? A striker, central midfielder. That, uh, they need a central midfielder, like 100. I will say one thing I've appreciated about when Kevin Nagel's been asked about this is he hasn't just said, Oh, don't worry. There's a plan in place, but I'm not going, you know, everything's fine. Nothing to worry about. La-da-da. He said, yeah, you're right. We need signings. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, next one. So question, how are Huddersfield town going to grow in future? And this is things that interest me far more than Cosy. Um, Cause I, I find the geeky things like this quite interesting. Um, we're going to, and he says, we're going to make sure that we do things right. We're going to strengthen the Academy. We've written to the EFL about that. Um, I don't talk about the academy a lot because I used to work there for seven years. Um, so it always felt like if I said something which was construed as negative, it, it wouldn't be a good look. So I tend not to go over, over that ground, to be honest. But f- for me, I've always felt that one of the worst things Hoyle did was change the academy structure. Um, in the Premier League, I didn't think there was much reason to do that um, because everything that he said we wanted to do, you could have done it in the Premier League anyway. Um, a lot of the things that he said they do, like the foreign training camps, never really happened. I think it happened for the first six to 12 months and then did quietly disappeared. Um, he said it cost him more money in signing players than, than it would have done normally. Never happened. It happened under Phil Hodgkinson for 12 months and then not really. But I think one of the changes really which, which screwed this approach, and it can work if you're willing to spend money on particular players... Um, you know, we bought Pat Jones, which was good, which was a good move, but we could have done that on the old system. Um, we, you know, we bought Diara, which could have been done. We did it with Philip Billing, uh, Kamara, etc. And Kamara's made us a couple of million quid. Great. So, um, so for me, I think these things though can work with you know the traditional structures. And um, to be fair, if you're serious about an academy, there's no reason why you can't run a traditional academy and do these things as well. So I'm quite pleased that it's coming back. I realise it's difficult. You look at people like, or clubs like Bristol City who do quite well out of theirs, um, Norwich, etc. You know, clubs, similar clubs like Wigan tend to do quite well out of theirs as well. Um, so you can see it's quite doable. The problem with Huddersfield is that we are fishing in a very saturated pool. So Jerry, it's all about that hook again. So you need a, a different hook uh, at Huddersfield Town, but it's it's very much doable to to get players through. And we've seen Lewis O'Brien come through. You know, Lewis O'Brien's... Um, I know people will turn their nose up at players like Ryan Schofield, uh, Scott High, uh, Josh Osterfield, etc. But these guys have come through and played important minutes for the football club. And it's not just about selling uh, players for money. It's about trying to create, uh, you know, your suitable backups, you know, uh, players that you can bring in at certain points, uh, players that could do a job for you in, in a pinch and just about being able to put players on the pitch. And... For me, it's a good move. I'm really pleased Kevin Nagel's doing that. Um, do I think we'll go to EPPP Category 1, which costs a couple of million a year? No, I don't think we'll do that. But I think we'll slowly build up. And I'm, I'm, I'm interested to see how that goes now. We'll be keeping an eye on it. And I, I, to be fair to Dean Hoyle's way, that could have worked if the GBE rules uh, due to Brexit hadn't come in. You know, We could have really gone out and picked out some little gems. But that little change has really altered the way Huddersfield Town can work and also I think there are rules I've heard at some point coming in whereby if you do want to operate in the top two levels of English football you do need an academy down to I think under 14 level or something I'll need to double check those rules but there are rules and changes coming in so it's a positive move Pozza you you're a big man of um developing kids um (laughs) yeah (laughs) Um, so there you go 
Yeah, I think I, I agree with you, Matt. I think obviously I uh, do a lot of grassroots grassroots football coaching in Uddersfield area, uh, and I've worked with plenty of talented kids between six right up to sort of sixteen. Um, and it it kind of annoys me that there's no local academy at Uddersfield Town for these kids to go to. I've seen players move on to to Leeds, Sheffield, um, Man City, Man United, places like that. Uh, even like York, you know they've got they've got academies um, for for young kids, and I, I think it's such a shame, you know, that we don't have that out of this field because the Uddersfield Junior Football League, HJFL, I'm sure there's plenty of people listening who are involved in that is is one of the biggest in in the country. Um, I think it's just recently won a won an award uh, for last season for for the way that it's run and uh, you know the amount of teams that it has. So there's a lot of a lot of young kids and a lot of local talent that you know we will miss out on, obviously. I get there's a big cost in running it right down to sixes and sevens, you know, like some places do. I think even Man City do fours, which is ridiculous, really. But that's another conversation. Uh, so I get that there's a lot of, you know, outgoings in it. And if you don't bring those players through that you can sell for, you know, 10, 20 million, um, then, you know, it is money going out rather than a lot coming back in. Um, but I think it's a great way to, to kind of, build up an income stream. Um, just coming back to kind of like the original thing, Matt, when, you know, talking about Nagel increasing the income to the to the football club. Um, you know, I think he's, he's said many a time that he wants it to be sustainable, um, which I think I think is brilliant. I applaud that. Um, obviously, to be sustainable, I think it will take quite a dramatic income change at town. Uh, looking at some of the clubs that have been Promoted recently, you know, turnovers in, you know, 50 million plus a year. Obviously, there's a lot of TV money in there because there tend to be teams that have come down, um, which, you know, we've now going to be losing out on. So, I think, look to match kind of that income we need to be bring sort of an extra 15 million a year, really, um, which is a hell of a lot of hot dogs to sell. Um, so, he's got a, a big task on his hand to, to do that. Um I think his ideology or the way that he's kind of hinting at is with the academy is to, to kind of go down the, the route that Hoyle kind of mentioned when he were with us. Um, you know, the buy cheap, sell high kind of model, bring in young players, develop them within the club uh, and sell them on, you know, like your Lewis O'Brien's, for example, um, players of that kind of ilk and, and sell them on and, and, and almost do what Brighton are doing. Obviously, it would be a, a small scale to start with, but, you know, if we want to, we'd looked at the Brentford model, didn't we? I believe that Oil kind of looked at to copy originally. I think the Brentford one is now kind of the, you know, the, the shining yeah. beacon, you know, the sell, selling money, players for ridiculous money at the moment. So if we can replicate that in time, um, then fantastic. I, my only worry with it, um, in regards to the comments on sustainability and potentially going off tangent here so I do apologise but um, I'm just a little bit worried that, that Kevin Nagel don't quite realise time frames as, as much as maybe um, we do knowing Huddersfield Town and, and football in the UK in general um, you know you've, you've kind of got to constantly be investing and you know they all say if you're standing still, you're moving backwards in football is, is you know, one of the most important things for me. Um, so even though you may have a long-term five, six, seven-year plan to get us to where he wants us to be, you've still got to make sure that in years one, two and three, you're doing enough to progress. Um, because if not, you know, this is a cruel, a cruel league. And I think a lot of the concerns that I've personally had is, and it, it were kind of back in the last season as well, if you drop out of this league, the six, seven year plan can be just, you might as well rip it up and start again because the income that you'll lose will not, not allow you to, 
maybe put that plan into practice. So, yeah, I understand with there's constraints in regards to the budget, which I think you're probably going to come on to. Uh, you know, we can't go spend millions. Uh, I don't think anybody... I see people saying, oh, if people want us to go spend millions and throw millions around, I don't think anybody's suggesting that. I think it's what we're saying is we need to just add enough to get us over the line. I think Saturday were a, a prime example. Jerry, you mentioned 60, 70 minutes in. Look at Alessio brought off the bench. I know it's kind of chalk and cheese comparison, but we I looked at our bench and I'm thinking, who's going to come in that's going to make a massive difference to this match? It, it, there's nobody really there. You, you maybe look at Hudlin and that's just literally because it's someone different rather than who is really good. Um, I would have probably brought him on with 15 to go and just launched it into area and just see if he could get a second ball or he could win an header. Uh, but you you weren't looking at that, at that like Leicester were in the fact that they had match winners on that bench. They could you know bring on proven quality where we were struggling. Um, I think it, it, we need players to come in. Hopefully tomorrow, Matt, as you mentioned, that can that can come in and, and be first team rather than you know they're on the bench just to make up the numbers. Um, well, part, you have to argue though. Part of having a successful academy is giving kids chances as well. I know you do need hundred percent, mate. Hundred percent. Yeah. But, you know, there's Pat that young, fine line Pat though Jones in that you can't. Yeah, you know, I was quite vocal again on the B team the other day that it were pretty much the whole team. I think if you look back historically, the way that Man United used to bring young players through, the way that you know, dare I say, Leeds in their Champions yeah. League kind of glory days, they had a lot of young players, and, and it's one or two at a time. You need the experienced people around them. You need the better players around them. Yeah, you yeah. can't bring twenty through all at once yeah, and expect you, you it can't to, to work. Jonathan you know. with with a player who's never played, can you? Unless they're super exactly, yeah, exactly, mate. Yeah. They, so I, I applaud they, they also the need that bridge as well, don't they? Because I think yeah, one thing yeah. didn't do very well when we had the academy was they they never really sent players out on loan. And and what they do, what they did really well under Lee Bromby is they created this bridge whereby they would uh, loan, like Headley, for example. He went out to Conference North or whatever it's called now, Northern Premier yeah, League. Yeah. So he went to the Conference and then League Two. And, you know, those incremental loans are really useful. And it's about using, I think it's David Fox, isn't it? The loan manager that we've got to make sure that we get some good loans for players as well. It's, that's that's something that we've picked up under the new system. And it's a very good uh, way of doing things. But uh, we need to move on because otherwise we'll never hit that magic 60 minutes. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, you do want to hit. Uh, <laughs> another thing was if Kirklees and the Giants aren't prepared to contribute to the ground refurbishments, what's the plan? And Kevin Nagel says, I want the stadium. We have to negotiate about it. We had a meeting today where we danced around everything, but the actual question, he actually, Cosy, on Radio Leeds, said that Ken Davey was a delightful man and he absolutely adored Ken Davey. So there's there's one for Cosy to grind his teeth on. Um, and then he goes on about the Yorkshire Rose and walking around testing people. And he goes on about bringing Marstons into the stadium and back to Sacramento, which I thought was a, a good a, a good sense of humour from him as well. But look, yeah, and uh, maybe the rope walk as well. That's shut down now, isn't it? So there's there's areas for things like that. Uh, local products in the stadium would be great, but I'm not sure what the markup would be. We've already I've already seen a few people moaning about the you price know, of beer and things in the fan zone. The stadium is so frustrating. Paul's, you're going to fade here, but I've got a season card of Kilmer Bank this year, and mate, it's just like 1994, Ben Thornley and you know Andy Turner and what have you. It's just nothing's changed in there. This, the, the place is, you know. It's depressing, isn't it? And it's it, the good thing is that Kevin Nagel seems to be wanting to inject a bit of life into the stadium. But well, I don't understand why. Honestly, it's, just, it's such a news round our neck, isn't it? But, do you remember when Kingy and that lot they got the shares back, and nothing's changed. And that when did we get the shares back? Two thousand and 
what was that season? When I, when I went up, when it 20, 10, 11, when we got 11, something like that, like 10, 12 years we've had them shepherd. It's, it's meant nothing, hasn't it? And what, it made me dismay when I heard that, what, you know, what Nagel said before, I get it. You were the same bashing as against the people. I can't believe it, though. Why can't they see? And, and obviously, he's talking about concerts and stuff and income coming into the town, but the, the stands, it's that man, it's the trouble is they cut up there, these drone things. It looks good, doesn't it? Got them beautiful banana things with painted. They're not painted, they're like peeling off. Honestly, mate, that I, the row I made to kill the bank, to, there were no seat numbers at all dropped off. It was unbelievable, mate. There were about two numbers on a row of 10 seats. It's just like, oh, God, to me. It's, your your it's mic's like, going a bit funny, Cosy. I don't know if you're tapping your mic or something, but the sound's going a bit funny. Ooh. There he is. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I had to charge my phone. But yeah, it's like, oh, and it's like you moved to an house and then did nothing in 30 years to it. It's going to be pants on it. It's going to be, look look what it is. So it's no different than last year. I really hope it can do it, but, ah, oh, man, yeah, let's Might let's round out because Cosy, I want you to talk about merchandise. Although your sounds a little bit ropey at the minute, but um, he was asked what he thinks about our merchandise, and that's always been a slight bugbear of mine. And he says we need to change it. We've notified the companies that currently produce it that they were that we are opting out of the last year, which indicates Umbro to me. I think we could do better, and if we use some joint powers with Sac Republic, who use Hummel. Uh, we can get going. Um, so yeah, just just from that, it's me saying two plus two, but it sounds like yeah. I wonder what he meant. Bro. I wish he'd have expanded on it a bit, Matt. Whether he could do or not, I don't know. But I'd love to. What did he mean? Not enough choice? Is it overpriced? Because someone's quite pricey as well. I like their gear better. But what does he mean by that? Is, is, is the Umbro not paying the club enough? But he wouldn't say obviously. He was a bit of a tease with that. I go did it go into more detail? But we'll soon find out. Yeah, that's interesting. Another question was: Town have acted like a small club that doesn't deserve to compete at the game, at the top of the game for decades. This absolutely drives me wild how they do that. And Town have done this since 2012. Have acted like an insignificant speck of shite on somebody's shoe when they went up to the championship and went, "Oh, we can't compete with this here." And everybody permeated that horrible attitude, and it was just, and it made it a bit of a miserable watch. You know, watching us backs to the wall. And I think when you perpetuate something like that i think it's almost self-fulfilling as well in that sponsors are going to then be small and everything about it is going to be small and i think Huddersfield town don't beat the chest i know we're beating chests in west york is a, a sore subject but you know they don't stick the chest out and be proud enough sometimes i think as a football club it's a great football club and i'm, I'm really happy to see kevin nagel and and co sort of saying Do you know what this is a pretty good football club this we just need a little bit of marketing uh pause it drives you wild as well doesn't it yeah, it's a, it is a funny one, isn't it? Because, you know, it's, it's one of those things that you, you hear often, you know, we're only a small club and, you know, we don't deserve to be here and all that sort of stuff. And it, it has a, you can use that as a motivational tool. I think under Wagner, it worked really well, you know, but that was spun in a different way, wasn't it? That were, that were no limits kind of thing. Whereas a lot of the time, I think back to Chris Powell, I think we played Derby and you were like, oh, we can't compete with Derby. And it's like, come on. We can. We, we, we just because just because we might not get as many fans. I think people have different versions of what a big club is, and you know where people should be in a pyramid. And, and a lot of it just basically is who's got the most fans, which you know it's not the greatest barometer, is it? But I think if you look back over our history, where you know you, you'd be a top thirty club just about on average position. Obviously, we've won the first division. You know, although hundred years ago we're FA Cup winners. You know, we've been kind of there or thereabouts. Not spent years down in in League 2, like Bradford City, for example, who like to claim that they're bigger than us. Um, 
so yeah, I think it is one of those things we need to be proud of our history. And I think the, the thrice champion stuff will kind of maybe catapult us into that and give us a bit of a kick up the bum to to celebrate more of his history because we have got we have had some good players on Huddersfield Town, uh, and we should we should be more proud. Hundred percent. So uh, this at this point as well, that's it really for the Q&A. Um, some really interesting bits and pieces. Uh, the Radio Leeds interview was good as well and that added a little more that I did with Oggy. Uh, at this point, uh, we usually do, if we've, if we've had an away game, I'll roll in an away day log here. Uh, still had nobody uh, come forward and say they'd like to do the away day log. Essentially all it is is just record a few voice notes on the way to the game, at, during the game and after the game with your thoughts. Uh, have a laugh with it. Um, that's it. I really want that to be a, a feature this year, but it only works if you come forward and stick your head above the parapet. So please do that. Um, and also another section as well we'll explore over the course of the season to how it does is uh, results of the other teams as well uh, that Huddersfield Town, that represent Huddersfield Town. Uh, Huddersfield Town women won 6-1 in their final preseason game before the season starts. Uh, we'll try and touch uh, touch base with the women a bit more this season and uh, and and try and gain, gain some interest for that. Um, Sunderland B beat Huddersfield Town B 6-1. Um, it was a goal by Hazim Bakra, who uh, scored for us. Apparently, it was a young Huddersfield team. And the under-19s drew one all with Notts County, and there was a goal by a trialist by the name of Hugo Harvey, uh, a last-minute equaliser for Notts County. We also want writers as well for the website, so if you fancy writing, ever fancied writing, um, I don't really police it that much, but please don't put anything that we would uh, get sued for. But if you do fancy writing us, just get in touch via the socials or email me at matt.takesthatchance.com. I would love to have people writing for the website um, just so that we can generate a bit more traffic and interest. Um, it doesn't pay, but we don't get paid either. So, you know, we're all, we're all equal here. So uh, labor of love. But that's it for this week from me, guys. Any other business from uh, Mr. Kusmala, Mr. Porat and uh, Jerry the Brain? No, man, all good. No. I, I want to make one point real quick. So, you know, somebody puts the clip of Sorba Thomas from the Plymouth game, you know, uh, sarcastically saying, you know, uh, look at him try, you know, dying for the three points as he admittedly does not do as well as he could uh, to stop uh, Bali, Mumba Bali, right? That guy's name yeah. from Plymouth, you know, as he goes on to score. I hope whoever that was takes the clip of Sorba absolutely battling with the Leicester player on the sideline, grabbing his jersey, tugging on him, shoving him, and eventually drawing the foul and <laughs> forcing the Leicester player into such a conniption fit that he talked himself into a yellow card. I forget which Leicester player it was. I think it was Winks. I, that, that sounds right. Um, you know, that's the Neil Warnock effect, right? You have a poor play one week. Um, where clearly, you know, I don't think Sorbo was exclusively at fault by any means on that goal. You know, as multiple P, you guys pointed out, you know, Bali's just run right through the spine of the team. Pretty much somebody else has to take responsibility as well there. But Sorbo didn't do well. Okay. We all know it. He knew it. I'm sure Neil Warnock knew it. He comes back the next week, and I thought he had a terrific performance, battled every step of the way, you know, and just watching him battle with Winks there again – you know, is basically yanking Winks off the ball by his jersey. Uh, that's the Warnock effect, right? Like, you make a mistake, you come back the next week, you fix it, you do better. Um, I, I think Sorba's going to have a great season. You know, I, I'm encouraged by these first couple of games, right? Like, uh, Plymouth, 
went to Watford and held uh, them to a 0-0 at Vicarage Road. So, you know, I think you take that little tick that, you know, the fact that Town scored a goal and very easily could have scored two or even three down at their places, I think, you know, a positive thing. I, I, I'm really encouraged with where, uh, you know, this club is right now. And if we add a central midfielder, I'll be even more encouraged. 100%. And that's a great way to go out and let's hit the music. There's a team that is dear to its followers The colours are bright, blue and white They're a team of renown They're the pride of the town And the game of football is their delight And all while upon the field of play Thousands loudly cheer them on the way Often you can hear them say Who can beat the town today? And then the bells will ring so merrily Every goal shall be a memory So town play up And bring that cup Back to Huddersfield So town play up And bring the cup Back to Huddersfield The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Open them up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via McDelivery afterwards. Three points, not nugget share box, spot on. Order McDelivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.